Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michaels Show. Good to have you today. And uh, now we get a little bit of a, a different opinion, I guess, or at least a, another set of eyes and insight on all of this. As we went through the first hour, basically the dissertation, Rogers wanting transparency, Rogers wanting to be a part of the process, Rogers wanting understanding, he wanting the uh, the open and honest discussions, and Ed Goody, which he basically confirmed what we've either known or have heard is that the running joke is Aaron doesn't answer the phone. Aaron doesn't respond to text right away. Uh, at times he can take, you know, weeks to, to even get back to somebody or he doesn't get back to him at all. And, uh, but yet throwing shade at the green Bay Packers and Goody says, look, we tried to reach him. We tried to talk to him numerous times and we weren't informed by him. We were informed by his people. So now we go uh, out to Arizona where uh, the uh, Packers brass along ev- along with everybody else is all convening and talking and having the owners meetings and all the executive meetings and such. Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, now joining us on the hotline. Pete, how you doing, man? Pretty good, Bill. How about you? I am. Uh, I'm, I'm like a kid on Christmas Day because this is the gift that just keeps on unwrapping in many different levels. So... Give give me your thoughts on all of this. First of all, when Goody said yesterday, "Yeah, we tried to get a hold of him numerous times, and we just he, we never heard back." So, kind of piecing things together, and from the little bits that I've heard through the grapevine, it sounds to me like they had an agreement that they would talk. I think right after he got out of the retreat, like within a day or two, it might have been before, but it sounds like maybe right after that he would call him, and he didn't. And it sounds like if Gutekunst is telling the truth, no reason to think he's lying, that, you know, he, they tried to call him a bunch of times and Rodgers didn't call call back. Um, it's a little murky about whether, you know, Rodgers made it sound like he came out of the retreat and heard that they were shopping him. And so maybe that's why he didn't call back. But what, what I'm, I don't have figured out here as much as I'd like is, were they really open and wanting him to come back under their conditions or did they go into it knowing that with the conditions they were going to set, i.e. got to show up for the off season, we're going to get rid of these guys that you want to keep. If they did that knowing that he would ask for the trade and that's the outcome they really wanted. I'm unsure which of those is more true. Um, now we stand with Gudikin saying that uh, they want to get it done sooner rather than later, but also they're not willing to just take anything for Aaron Rodgers and that if it does drag out, then after it gets past the NFL draft deadline, then there is no incentive to get it done sooner rather than later because they can hold out until after June 1st and allocate some of that money via split. So we're... Oh, I'm sorry about that. Looks like we uh, we've I'm lost. Back now, yeah, yeah, we've lost Bill for the for the time being here. So, I mean, I guess I, one perspective I have on all this, Pete, as I, I I'll get Bill back up while we're going through this. I mean, I obviously I I kind of understand why Gudikins comes out and and says what he says after all that's gone on in the off season. One one question I would have is, I mean, do you see the like? Would you have done this if you were Brian Gudikinst? Uh, would you have taken this hard stance and maybe driven a, a larger wedge between the organization and Rogers? You mean to come out and said what he said yesterday? Correct. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I get why he did it. Um, I think they, I'm sure they felt like 
you know, Rogers has had the platform all, you know, with the McAfee platform, they haven't said anything and they probably felt like they needed defended to defend themselves and their honor, you know, to the paying public and all the Packers fans. So that's probably their thinking is they just, uh, they thought they were coming, you know, coming off, uh, not looking good. And so they wanted to present their side of it without being too harsh. Um, and I don't think they were harsh, but I think Gutekunst felt like he had to defend himself and, and defend the team. So that, that was my take on, on why he came out and said that. Pete, uh, I'm back. I don't know what happened there for a second. But uh, that being said, I, look, I know that some are saying, well, the Packers shouldn't have said anything. I don't have a problem with it. Do you? No, no. Like I just said, I, I, you know, I, somebody needed to defend the organization. I mean, you know, if Ted Thompson were the GM, he might have just, I bet he would have said nothing, you know. But that's not always the smartest thing. Um, and I, so, sometimes you have to defend yourself and present your side. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't, like, I didn't come out of this thinking, man, that was a mistake. You know, I just thought they were standing up for themselves. Let me ask you uh, the sense of uh, the media, um, because you're in that locker room every day, and I get a lot of the, well, you know, the media never asked the tough question Aaron Rodgers. And I said, look, on the McAfee show, it was what was not said. They didn't ask him whether or not the Packers had contacted him before he went into the darkness. I wanted to know, did he tell the Packers he was 90% on the retirement side going into the darkness? If the Packers did contact him, how many times did they? And did he call him back? Did he text him back? Did he get a hold of him in any particular way? None of that was asked. It was just a one-sided story. So you're in that locker room on the daily, and you get a chance to ask those questions and those follow-up questions. But it's not as easy as everybody thinks it is. No, and there are ways to be vague and where, you know, a guy seems to answer a question and then, you know, you got other, for one thing, you got other people standing around also asking questions. So the subject matter jumps all over the place. So it's hard to ask follow-ups a lot of times. You can't get the follow-up in and they can be real vague. And, you know, when you first hear the answer, you think, you know, you got, you think it was a substantive answer and you go back and, you know, when you're transcribing and you listen to the quote, it's like, well, you know what, that didn't really answer it. Um, so there's a lot of ways where, you know, these aren't, uh, you know, he's not on the witness stand. You don't get to interrogate him just yourself and take the line of questioning you want. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's I'm sure there's and I'm sure there's some vague stuff in what the Packers are saying, too. And so it's probably the truth is probably a mix of what each of them has said. And, you know, I'm sure each perceives it as, you know, the other being derelict. But, you know, I was just thinking about it because there's, you know, it's a little bit of sniping. I mean, it's a little acrimonious but you know and it's got people worked up but i think back to like when lambo left in 49 or 50 whatever year that was i mean that was just ugly and think about when fire you know the whole fire thing i mean this is just kind of a skirmish compared to um compared to those things yeah i mean rogers hasn't shown back up and demanded to play again that's for damn sure but i think uh, because <laughs> of the because of the, uh, um, you know, the Pat McAfee show, it certainly puts everybody on notice almost on a weekly basis to say, okay, here comes another load of whatever that is about to be kind of filtered all over Packers Nation, and you got to decipher and listen and, and go through it. And a lot of times, I've always said, what Aaron Rodgers doesn't say, sometimes, more often than not, speaks louder than what he does say. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's such a big platform, and it's 45 minutes or however long he's usually on and he gets complete free reign 
you know, to, to say what he wants. And McAfee will ask him some straight-up questions, but he doesn't, you know, some of the follow-ups, like, as you say, aren't there. And a lot of the detail gets skipped over. Um, so, you know, I, I've got to think. It's hard not to think that the Packers, you know, we're, we're tired of, you know, having, you know, basically getting ripped every few weeks on nationally on, on the McAfee show. You know, that's got to that's wear them down, too. And you put up with it if a guy's playing MVP level. And if he's not, then, you know, then you're not so keen on it. So when do you think uh, this gets done? Do you think a lot of the uh, the hard groundwork has already been done and now it's kind of like breaking bread down there in the general managers and owners meetings and just saying, hey, let's just get this thing done and get it over with so we can all move on? Or do you think this thing yeah. drags out after June 1st? Yeah, I don't know. They're waiting each other out. <clears throat> At least that's what they're saying publicly. Both GMs basically said that. I do wonder if uh, when the point will hit, because Woody Johnson is – is the guy who wants this to happen, right? 75-year-old guy, owned the team for 20-plus years, never been to a Super Bowl. Clock's ticking. He really wants to get the Super Bowl. He's got a talented team, might just be a quarterback away. I just wonder when the point's going to come where he's going to step in and say, just make this happen, you know? Um, And I don't know if that would be, or if he runs into Mark Murphy. I mean, they're sitting in meetings together if they have a chat and just say, look, let's get this thing worked out you know we'll move a little bit if you'll move a little bit something like that so it could happen hell but bill we could hang up the phone and then an hour deal could be done you know or you, maybe it's just maybe it's sometime before the draft I, if i had to bet i'm betting it gets done before the draft i could could end up being wrong but i'd, I'd be surprised if it's not i uh, have heard this sprinkling of uh well because of television schedules the NFL wants to get this done, and Roger Goodell is going to step in. I, I would think that's almost a conflict of interest. I don't think the commissioner could step in and demand in some way that a deal get done when teams are trying to bolster their position on both sides to get it done just to just to appease the commissioner. I think that would be counterintuitive. Do you? You know, I'm not sure. I read that, too. Um, the cynic in you makes you wonder – at that high level stuff and TV is so important to them, you know, who knows what goes on behind the scenes in these huge corporations like this. Maybe you would, I would agree completely. I mean, it's, it's unethical. It's, I mean, you can't be doing that. You can't force business like that. These things have to happen on their own terms. That's not the commissioner's job. Um, so I don't know. I'm thinking probably he wouldn't step in, but the TV contracts are so big, maybe he would. Maybe he could try to nudge things along. I don't know how things work behind the scenes with those guys. I'm sure he could say, hey, we're going to put you in a room and try to get this thing worked out sooner rather than later. But I can't see him stepping in to say, okay, these are the details, and I'm going to mediate this in any way, shape, or oh, form. Yeah, I I, I, yeah. yeah, I'm with you there, Bill. I don't think he would dictate terms. He, he might just you know, try to knock their heads together and say, hey, let's get this, uh, let's get this done. But the one thing is, man, there's so much money – in that TV and the streaming contracts that you just, you never know what people will do to, to make sure everything's okay there. Talking with Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, who's out at uh, the actual uh, general managers and owners meetings out in uh, Arizona. So now look at the rest of the team and how it shapes up. I mean, obviously Jordan Love is going to be given the keys to the car, but what in this, with, with what's been done, the signings that have been made, what they still have needs for, what are the Packers' priorities? Yeah, they're, you know, they don't have any money to work with. I 
I mean, I've looked at this pretty closely. There's a guy on Twitter, Ken Ingles, who was, uh, basically he follows the Packers cap as close as you can. If you account for all the money that's built in that they haven't spent yet, but they're going to practice squad, draft, the in-season piggy bank and all that, they've got, uh, they're, I think they're like 100000 over the cap, over that cap. And they've got a couple levers they could pull, but we're only talking, you know, being able to pick up another few million dollars. I just don't think there's a lot they can do. It sounds like LaFleur would like to add a veteran receiver and a veteran quarterback, but they're going to have to be pretty close to minimum wage kind of guys. So, I, you know, it's just you're getting a veteran, but the quality is just not going to be there. So it's the draft. And, you know, the needs are what everybody knows. Tight end, safe. Think out, I think pass rusher is a huge, huge need because to play good defense, you got to have a, a good pass rush. Um, so those are probably the biggest, but you got, you know, receivers, a, a real need too. Um, I mean, they, what don't they need? Basically they don't need inside linebackers and they're pretty deep on the offensive line unless they end up trading somebody. But if they keep everybody, I think they're fairly deep on the line. So I don't know that they would draft a tackle in the first round, but you know, it's not like they're playing for the here and now with love at quarterback. So maybe Gutekunst will think a year ahead and draft a tackle for all I know. So I would assume the Lamar Jackson story and talking about trades and tweeting and such, that's that's a big story. But I still got to think that the Aaron Rodgers thing and the Jets thing is probably the biggest with New York being involved and a big name like Aaron Rodgers. Real quick, set the scene when Douglas and Gutekinst and Sala and LaFleur get ready to sit down and the media starts to find them and what the horde is like. Yeah, so... Uh, this morning, you know, LaFleur was, we're on Pacific time, I think, and LaFleur was starting at 745. That's when the, this is the NFC coaches breakfast this morning. So all the NFC coaches were in a ballroom, each sitting at a, at a table. And I got there a half hour before, and there were already several Packers beat reporters sitting down. And by the time LaFleur started, he had by far the biggest group of reporters around him both people with a national perspective and, as you said, all the, the New York people. It was a huge crowd for the first – it was about a half-hour thing, and for the first 20 minutes it was a, a really big crowd. It does sound like the Jackson um, news yesterday because he, he wrote that tweet like three minutes into the coach's breakfast. So it's happened live. Like somebody asked John Harbaugh, well, what do you think of Lamar Jackson just tweeting this out? And it and that changed the whole thing yesterday morning. Everybody went from the Jets to the – to the Ravens after that. So it's, you know, it's been a kind of a circus. Um, and LaFleur didn't say much today. He's staying out of it. He's basically said he and Sala have agreed that they're not involved in this, so they're not going to talk to each other about it because they're, they're really good friends. Good stuff as always, Pete. I appreciate it. Anything else breaks or comes up, we'll touch base again real soon, okay? Sounds good. I'll be here, Bill. Thanks. Thanks, bud. There you go. That's our guy, Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, on the ground out there at Pete Doherty. Oh, over on Twitter, you can find his stuff, but uh, that's kind of the perspective as to what's going on out in Arizona. And, it, it, you know, like he said, a lot of the truth, you can find it, you know, usually in between. But he said, look, the Packers just felt, Gutekinds just felt like they just needed, after just taking a week in and week out beating, they just kind of needed to not necessarily even defend the organization, but just kind of get their side of things out a little bit at least give you a little glimpse behind the scenes to say look don't take everything on its face for what's being stated about the organization and the organization being painted in a bad light and i've always said i mean you can always look at action speaking louder than words many times 
And you can say, look, they gave him $150 million. They brought Cobb back. They kept Lazard. They kept Bakhtiari. They kept Elton, Elton Jenkins. They kept Mercedes Lewis. They they paid, you know, uh, Jair when, you know, Rogers was talking about Jair and being one of the top corners. I mean, they, they put their money where their mouth was on a lot of these different guys. And, and again, that you don't have to worry about it in the sense of, you know, did they treat Aaron right? They gave him a contract that basically – tied their hands with the understanding that it was going to be a more than a one year deal. And it just, <laughs> I, I think it's just, I think it's ridiculous to say that uh, they, they weren't all in, in many, ca- many facets. So uh, that's just my opinion, but you can take it for, for what it's worth. Hey, our friends at camps, they are a local company right here in the state of Wisconsin, Cedarburg, Wisconsin, to be exact. And uh, they've got everything from CDL drivers. They've got technicians that are needed, cooler repair, maintenance people that are needed, production people that are needed. They're paying $23 an hour plus plus with benefits and all kinds of good stuff. But uh, check out our friends at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S. Go to Kemp's.com. That's Kemp's.com. Bottom of the page, you click on the word careers careers at the bottom of the page and fill it out. They're interviewing right now. So if you're looking for a career, you're looking for a job, you're looking for a change, that's our friends at Kemp's, K-E-M-P-S, Kemp's.com. That's Kemp's.com and click on careers at the bottom of the page. And who knows, you could be uh, you could be working there by next Monday. Who knows? Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Terrific time. Uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, we went down to Potawatomi Hotel Casino and had a great time on Saturday in a 360 bar. I mean, uh, between Tammy and Ann and Ryan and those who took care of us, uh, rented out a little section uh, in a 360 bar. Kristen had her birthday party down there. Uh, the food was magnificent. Uh, we got food both from Ryu or Rui. I'm, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the, the 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 Japanese steakhouse, uh, but then the Dream Dance Steakhouse. We've got food from both. The crab rangoons were amazing. The uh, the barbecue, uh, the Asian barbecue chicken wings were amazing. The I mean I can go on and on. The Philadelphia uh, cheesesteak sliders that they had. Oh my God, the food was just the meatballs. The food was out of this world. So look, you can go down. You and by the way, every damn near everybody won. Uh, our friend Amy won 655 bucks. Kristen won $91. Uh, there was a couple people that won over a hundred bucks. I mean, it's like everybody walked out a winner. It was really weird. There was a couple people that lost like 20 bucks or 40 bucks, but for the most part, oh my God, what a time we had. Uh, just check out Potawatomi. It was a, it was a fun night. Potawatomi hotel casino, go to paysbig.com. That's paysbig.com again, paysbig.com. Dot com for uh, for a lot of a lot of fun. It, it was really a good time. Sometimes you forget about how much fun it is just to go down there and hang out. You know. Um. By the way, Alex says over on the live stream, good news. Viroqua Hills Golf Course opened today. That is the site on uh, Saturday, May sixth. The Bill Michaels Open. If you have not gotten your foursome together, get it together. The Open coming up on Saturday, May sixth. 
We're going to be in Viroqua. Ben, Kenny, I, Kristen, we're all getting out there. Ben's going to be on one team. I'll be on another. We might even open it up some, to some bidding in some way, shape, or form. And uh, we're going to be playing some golf out there in the Bill Michaels Open. So we're really looking forward to it. Heading out to Viroqua Hills Country Club. The Viroqua, well, I think it's golf course. I don't know if it's a country club or not, but it's the golf course. Uh, but it's, I'll tell you this, you'd never guess that nice a course is in Viroqua. I'll tell you that right now. If you love golfing the state of Wisconsin, it's a place to go. It's a good place to go. So check out our friends at Viroqua Hills. And if you want to go out and play some golf with us, come on out. We would love to have you. Love to have you. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to give a, get a hold of us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Um, Steve uh, says, at this point, Bill, I'd take a bag of practice balls and use kicking tee for Aaron Rodgers. I appreciate what he's done for the organization, but let's just get on with it. Uh, this is from Tammy. Tammy says, uh, hey, guys, uh, I feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. He is lost. He seems like he's searching for something or needing some type of adulation to feed his ego. He's going about it all the wrong ways. Aaron Rodgers, though, is on his way out. We all know it. Let's welcome Jordan Love with open open arms. That is from Tammy. Tammy, appreciate, appreciate the email. Good stuff. Ben, so after all of this, for the last almost two and a half hours, um, give me your thoughts real quick. Because I, I was listening to you earlier today uh, go back and forth with Ebo and the gang, which, by the way, uh, I, I love <laughs> Ebo like a brother. But I, I think he's been drinking too much pond water, uh, you know, lifting too much. Uh, I don't know, you know, too many, too many greens or something, too much organic. I, I don't know what it is, but something has seeped into the man's psyche to where he's like on Team Rogers. And uh, he's like, I, 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 I don't know if it's the, the common sense is gone. He's gotten into, maybe he's working out. Maybe he's doing the ayahuasca or something to that effect uh, when he's doing the workouts that I'm seeing in post. But there's a rabbit hole there that some, some people have gone down. Am I off base on that? No, I can't dispute that. I mean, <laughs> that's been, I like, that's been where he, he's been there for years when okay. it comes to Rogers. The Rogers shrine <laughs> continues to grow. So, yeah, some back and forth. I would call it fun, uh, kind of expected. But I don't know. When it comes to all of it and, and Goody's comments, I, I don't think he comes out and says that unless most of it is the truth. I don't expect every single word to be the exact. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure Rogers, some of that also is is true, but I I tend to side with him in all of this, given all that the organization has been drugged through in the off season for the last couple of years, right. where I'm sure he is a GM is tired of being drugged through the mud constantly. As soon as the season ends, whenever Rogers talks about the front office, like he's been taking shots at him. Didn't he want him fired two years ago as well? So as a GM, it's clear that his future as the Packers GM is tied to Jordan Love and how he performs. But I totally get coming back and trying to save his face at least a little bit and say, okay, yeah, all of this, how I am being painted, it's not completely accurate. So I'm with him on that. I mean, obviously, I want the deal to just get done, but I am confident that when it is done whatever they get back I'm, I'm confident in where this franchise is going mm-hmm. I, I think the only disaster scenario here given those comments is let's say the trade happens Rodgers goes to the Jets wins a Super Bowl love stinks Goody gets fired 
then you could say, okay, was it great to drive the largest possible wedge between you and one of the franchise greats? Probably not. I think most other scenarios kind of go back to the fact that Goody could be very confident in the direction of the Packers right now. Wants to put this entire era, very tumultuous couple years behind him and say, okay, I'm confident in three years the Packers will be in a better place than the Jets. I uh, I, I, I hope. Um, now, some people seem to think that I'm, I'm on Team Goody and, and believe he's this, you know, savant. Um, no, I, I think there's still a lot to be proven. Um, look, the first couple of drafts, for as far as retention goes, were not good. We all know that. The last couple of drafts have been pretty good. But you are now in... A, in an ebb and flow where you're on the downside and where a lot, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, a lot of your legacy, no matter what you do, is attached to Jordan Love. You know, and and it's not a matter of give Jordan Love all the time he needs to progress as a quarterback. It's Jordan, and I know that, that uh, Matt LaFleur alluded to this earlier today, that Jordan Love is going to be judged very unfairly because of his predecessors in Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Favre was at a certain level, and Rodgers went to another level of quarterback competency uh, for the Green Bay Packers. So the expectation is going to be beyond off the charts. And because he was so successful in two series against Philadelphia, everybody's going to expect that. And he's going to be judged unfairly. So what? There is a level that is that that is, is expected now in Green Bay of quarterback play. And that's what Gutekinst, who who traded up in the first round to get this particular player, is going to be judged on. And the fact that this threw the monkey wrench in this organization at a time when on one hand you could say, yeah, you understand the trade, or you not the trade, but you understand the draft choice. But at the other hand, you also knew that you were in the crux of you probably could have used another weapon or two, whether it be defensive or offensive, to help put this team over the top, and you chose to go with the future. So that's where you're going to be judged. And if if Jordan Love's not the real deal, then two things the Gutekinds is going to be judged on. One is whether or not he's even a quality quarterback. And the second thing is if he's not, how quickly you move on. Cut bait. Admit you admit you screwed it all up, and what you're going to do to adjust on the fly to make this team successful again, because you're going to have about a two-year window of opportunity to get it right to the where to the point where the Green Bay Packers are being discussed continuously as still being a Super Bowl contender. Otherwise, you're going to be looking for work. It's it's that simple. So here's what I come back to, Bill. I would say Gutekinds entered as GM. In, not in a similar situation to this, but the roster was not where it needed to be after the, the loss to, or I guess he entered in, in 2018, right? But then it, right. it takes a couple years. The 2019 team was not good enough to win a Super Bowl. Rodgers probably was good enough, but the team as a whole was not. And then all he did after that was build a championship-level team that had a two-year window where they should have won a Super Bowl. And they just mm-hmm. didn't. I, I'm a big believer that you could build championship teams that don't win. Right. And then the back end of that, where obviously the money gets tougher and then the Rogers waffling during the offseason kind of leads to the Devante departure and all the all the context of last year, which was tough for many reasons. But all he's done as GM is built championship teams. So that makes me confident that he could do it. And now he's freed up a bit, not only money wise, once the contract goes, but also in terms of having a quarterback that is committing to the team. 
And that isn't just every offseason you cross your fingers and pray he returns. Right. Uh, I, which completely, I completely agree with. Um, you know, let's see here. Uh, this one's from Ronald. As a 50-plus-year-old Packer fan, I think it's important to get a top wide receiver as a part of the package for Aaron Rodgers. Not going to happen. Uh, this is from Dwayne. It says, Bill, what this all boils down to, even after the love got drafted, the new Rodgers contract was signed by both parties and the expectation that he would play and not him as far as the leverage and the trade goes. Is, is it too far off base to think that uh, the, the uh, trade package uh, may be closer to being agreed upon than anyone realizes? Um, no, I think it's probably pretty close. I think it's right now Packers want the first. The Jets want to give up a second. And I think both parties are saying, hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Any change? Nope. Has Woody Johnson come down? Nope. Has he talked to Mark? Nope. You coming off your stance? Nope. Okay. I'll give you a call next week. And as the draft grows near, the Jets are going to know that the Packers, if they don't get what they want or don't come off of their movement, that the Packers won't trade them. And the Jets are going to go, oh, thank God, we'll still get that 13th overall pick. But at that point in time, the Packers – won't trade him until after June 1st, which means he's not going to be showing up to rookie mini camps and all that kind of stuff. He's not going to be hanging out with the guys. He's not going to be doing much of anything because he's still Packer property. So he can't do anything officially with the Jets. He can't even get into camp, which means they can wait through June, through July, and they can basically take it right down to the, to the last minute if they choose to do so. They can say, if you're not going to deal with us, then to hell with you. And at that point, Woody Johnson is going to start sweating because you got to figure at some point the Baltimore Ravens are going to do something with Lamar Jackson. They're probably going to figure this thing out unless the Jets jump into that pool or if Washington jumps into that pool or somebody else jumps into that pool. Who knows? But then things get re- – if it goes past the draft, things get really interesting after that. So both sides have a chip in their pocket. The problem is the chip kind of equals each other out. I still think the Packers have – more of the the kind of the catbird seat, so to speak. But if they go until after June 1st, as Pete Doherty said, they don't have a ton of space to begin with. If they wait till after June 1st, they get some of that money. They can spread that money out. They gain a little access to cash. So it, it's, it's not like it's detrimental to the team if they don't move Aaron Rodgers prior to the NFL draft. It could be for the Jets. It could be for the Jets. 877-867-1670, You want to find us easy enough. All you got to do is give us a call if you want to choose to do so. We would love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Robert's Specialty Meats. I love the Al Capone sausages. Oh, they are so good. So good. And you don't even have to eat them with a bun. If you do, it's fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But what you do is you grill them up. You put some marinara over the top. A little Parmesan cheese. Cheese you grate on there. Cut them up. Oh so good it's so good either that steaks chops the al capone roasts they've got the ribs on a stick the chicken skewers they even have something they call the meat salad which is awesome pre-prepared burgers mushroom and swiss bacon cheeseburgers all pre-prepared all you gotta do is throw on a grill great stuff they are your hometown butcher hands down that's roberts specialty meats waukesha.com roberts specialty meats waukesha.com uh, on sunset drive in waukesha and uh, I'm telling you, stop in. You will not be disappointed. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Realizing this season of the Can't find a 
Welcome back. Good to have you on the Bill Michael Show. Killing it. Killing it today. And if you are looking to kill it, get out. Uh, I mentioned earlier that uh, Viroqua Hills is now open. And if you're going to get out, start honing your skills via the links. Uh, do it at Lux Golf Bags. If you make your way to Franklin, Wisconsin, get out on what is one of the best, uh, for lack of a better term, driving ranges in the state of Wisconsin. L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. You're outside. You're actually hitting the ball into the air, watching the flight. It'll tell you what the speed. It'll tell you what the spin rate is. It'll tell you how the club head speed is, all that kind of good stuff. And you can actually see the actual flight of the ball uh, through the giant netting and such that they have on either side. And you can really kind of gauge your game. And uh, not to mention, it's basically a a driving range with a bar and a restaurant. (laughs) You can't beat that. I'm telling you that right now. Go to Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com located in Franklin, Wisconsin. Uh, A lot uh, of stuff to kind of get to um real quick bill do you think it's yeah, concerning if i drive to viroqua this weekend to play around a golf uh as far as concerning for for you to be that in uh, you know kind of intense about golf uh, the, the fact i would drive two hours to walk no. 18 holes and drive home no 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 i okay. no i i wouldn't i wouldn't put that past you at all i need to I, have the people i someone find me the closest the weather is actually going to be good on saturday Oh, the weather's Isn't incredible. It? There's just freaking snow on the ground. Uh, right. And, and I'll play in 30 degrees. I, I need someone to find me the closest open golf course to Madison. Well, That'll probably then again, life. you know that we're going to be going and playing this golf course in Viroqua. You're probably much like many tour pros. You want to get out there and play it at least one time before you play it for real, right? So I can see you driving to Viroqua. I can see you hooking up with Ernie, too, going down to the VFW hall and kicking back beers throughout the night. I can get kind of crazy. Next thing you know, you're sleeping on the couch at Ernie's house. <laughs> I'll leave that Ernie's to you, got a though. cool dog. He's got a cool dog. I like Ernie's dog, man. He's got a cool dog right down the street from the radio station there in Viroqua. Our buddy Ernie Betts, who uh, is on the air out there. Yeah. But, yeah, they you could probably go out there and play. Just tell them who you are. Sam, hey, I'm Bill Michaels' producer. I'm heading out. Uh, need to get a good look at the uh, the golf course before the uh, the open coming up on May 6th. So, yeah, we want to want to do that. I can see that happening. Although the sign now has been changed out front. It says no Crocs allowed, but, you know. Not necessary. <laughs> 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Um, JJ says the rumor is that the Patriots are going to go after Lamar Jackson. Um, there's a lot of teams that are being thrown around right now. They're talking about Washington, uh, the Patriots, I heard, possibly the Jets. If this thing doesn't work out in the next week or so, they could jump into the mix. Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't Colts know. Colts, too. Uh, the Colts were another team. Yeah, there's more than a few teams that have talked about it. But remember, originally they all said they weren't interested. Uh, I did. Uh, there was some talk that Washington might be interested. But now they're saying, like, the, you know, Washington, what was it, the, their general manager? Wasn't it their general manager yesterday? Or the, it was, certainly wasn't their owner because Daniel Snyder is completely gone. But wasn't it Washington? It was, I think it was the general manager who said that uh, they are completely okay with what they have with Jake Fromm, Jacoby Brissett, and Sam Howell. 
Who in the hell would say, you know what, Lamar Jackson, Sam Howell. And some of you are probably like, Sam Howell? Isn't he the bartender at the VFW Hall in Viroqua? I think Sam is. I didn't know he was playing professional football, but yet he's the quarterback for uh, for the Washington Washington Commanders. So I, I find that, you know, when you talk, start talking about owners and collusion, maybe a little. Maybe a little. I wouldn't have put it past me at all to see Daniel Snyder, and I don't even know if Daniel Snyder still has okay power over all of this, but Daniel Snyder to say, we're going to give Lamar Jackson a $300 million contract 100% guaranteed on his way out the door and then say, take that NFL. But then again, I think if he signs that deal, he's partially on the hook for that, isn't he? He's got some financial vested interest in that. If indeed he sells the team, There's there would be something there with deals that are made after. I, I, I don't know how all that works, but I think there was some some note that he would be on the hook for some of that money if he would just try to screw the league in that sense. But there was some discussion about that, I do believe. Uh, 877-867-1670, hit us up. Um, all right. I see myself getting slandered on the live stream regarding Crocs. <laughs> Can we grow up? Can we grow up? Saying I'm going to go to a job interview wearing socks and Crocs. Who do you think I am? Have I been well, to meetings wait with a minute, them? Wait a minute, wait a Possibly. Wait a minute. Now, it, it is. We, our life, our office is casual, 100%. Right? Am I lying? Not only is it casual, but the only time they are worn is when I come back to the office after exercising and I have my there show and nobody is ever here because it's 6 o'clock, <laughs> 7 o'clock on a Tuesday. We did have our meeting there last week. We're in Randy's office and you walked in in sweatpants, white socks and Crocs, and I, I kind of gave you grief over that. It was kind of funny. They but, were not sweatpants. Yeah. But yes. They weren't sweatpants? Well, they're the, that whatever you want to call it. Chinos. Someone's yeah, okay. There you go. Well, that's that's what it was. So, but uh, yeah, it's, I'm I'm not. Uh, we're well past the crocism at this point. The crocism, but I do like the fact that they call you the croc master. Not to mention these days, Bill. Every job interviews on Zoom anyway. So who cares? Right. Well, but if I'm interviewing you and I know you in any way, shape, or form, I'm going to say, Ben, you look very nice today. We appreciate you coming on. Real quick, kick back and put your feet up on the desk. Let's see if you're wearing the croc. What, do you think I'd ever interview with someone that knows me? <laughs> right. Uh, let's do let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to break. We're going to come back. We've got a lot more to get to. Uh, also, after the top of the hour, we are going to hear one. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Uh, we're going to hear what he had to say today about all of this uh, stuff regarding Aaron Rodgers. And Mike Clemens is going to join us coming up in the next hour as well because he, he, and Mike's the nicest guy there is, he... Got somebody's feathers ruffled at him. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we come back after the top of the hour as well. But stay tuned. A lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Thanks to our friends at uh, Point Brewing. 
China Boys, which they uh, team up with a lot of the, uh, the, the the terrific dishes down at Calderon Club. And uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Joe and the gang uh, at Cider Boys, uh, which are at uh, uh, Point Brewing up in Stevens Point. Got to get up there and just kind of do a walkthrough. I've known Joe Martino, uh, the owner of uh, Point Brewing, for a long, long time and based right here in the state of Wisconsin. And Good stuff, and uh, we get a chance to see each other quite often. But uh, just uh, thanks to them for being a part of the program and supporting veterans as well here in the state. Uh, they're a big part of the motorcycle ride now as well. But uh, thanks to them for being, uh, being a part of the program. And uh, teaming up with a lot of our terrific dishes down at uh, down at Calderon Club. So good, good stuff. And thanks to thanks to them for being a part of all of this uh, fun and frivolity that is. Uh, let's get back to the phone calls. Let's go to Chris listening to us in Brookfield. Chris, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Pretty good, Bill. Pretty good, Bill. Uh, boy, I bet you the ratings for McAfee will be up big time today. Hey. Uh, is right if if Rogers is going on it, I would assume so. If he's not, he's not. then I he's uh, he's not okay. Then if he's not, yeah, then today's just a big uh, big uh, letting the air out of the balloon type of day for McAfee, I guess. Yeah, I, I kind of uh, I lean more towards uh, believing in Goody than I do to uh, Nimrod. But you, you, you got you got to go back you, and and as a Packer fan, we don't know. Even your own Mike Clements has made the statement. We don't know if it's Murphy or Goody call, making the calls on who's what with Rogers' contract last year. But you have to you have to think to the organization like, okay, if we bring Aaron back because the amount of money we're going to have to pay him, we cannot replenish our wide receiver core with another free agent, force the value of a DA because they're just not out there and we can't afford it. Your left tackle is, we don't know what he's going to be coming off of his knee surgery. Your Jenkins coming off of his surgery. Your tight end, Tanyan, coming off of his surgery. And you're going to have to base everything on your rookies and a couple of the old dudes that are still there. And you actually think you had aspirations for a Super Bowl because you're going to believe on paper that your defense is good. I think the board of directors need to look at both Murphy and Goody. Because they had the perfect opportunity last year to have the biggest compensation package after Rodgers' so-called two MVP seasons. They would have gotten as much, if not more, than Dallas got for trading Herschel Walker to the Vikings. This franchise would not be in a cap situation they're in. They would have had rookie contracts, and they would have had the capability if Jordan Love had panned out to get free agents to build around them or they would have known that, okay, well, this coming year, we do not have to sign for a fifth-year option. We could address either another veteran quarterback or address the situation through the draft. They would have been way ahead of the game. But someone's got to take a look at between Goody and Murphy and decide, okay, how did you come up with this decision knowing that Rodgers is flim-flammy for years now? He's thrown coaches under the bus. You have a history of him not really working with the coach. You know he wants to go uh, throw the bomb on third and second, third and two instead of taking what the defense gives you to keep drives alive. You know he's going to force feed the ball when he has a certain receiver on this thing that failed in Tampa, failed against, failed against San Francisco. So they need to take a look and say, okay, why did we even make this decision to begin with? Because we're right back where we were last year, but only worse off. Um, I appreciate the phone call. I uh, going into last year, 
you know, when you talk about a lot of that stuff, you're downplaying stuff because you know it. At the time, you didn't know everything. You knew that David Bakhtiari was going to be coming back. You just didn't know that they would have to put him on a pitch count. Elton Jenkins was coming back. He just didn't get up to snuff right away. You knew Tanyan was coming back from the knee injury. You just didn't realize that it would take him a little bit longer to kind of get in the swing of things. You, I I mean, I understand all of that, what you're saying. The only difference you had going into last season was you supposedly had a better defense and you lost Devontae Adams. And remember, everybody was saying, hey, this team's 7-0 without Devontae. Who cares? You know, it's easy, hindsight being what it is, it's easy to say, oh, my God, I can't believe they didn't see this. But we all thought they were going to be an 11 or 12 or 13 win team. So it wasn't just the front office. It was everybody. When we come back, we're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Also, Mike Clemens coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. That's next.